Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for supernatural girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with PK tonight. PK, how are you doing in Tucson? Well, we've got a little bit of rain ongoing here. Tell us to be a little cautious of possible flooded streets and such, but it certainly does nothing to do with what Florida has. My goodness gracious. Oh, my gosh. Ah, oh, I know it. Here we are, safe and sound, and, and the folks in Florida are really going through it. Category 4, almost Category 5, I hear. The winds are just incredible. They're having tremendous flooding, over a million without power so far. And it looks like it's moving very slowly, so that's going to make this even worse, unfortunately. But it looks like yeah, they're mobilizing people from all over the country to come in and help and get things cleaned up after in the aftermath of this. It's uh, truly a monster storm, isn't it? It is that, that's for sure. I've been paying attention to it. I have uh, My grandsons are down there, and uh, they had to evacuate where they lived, and they're gone to mid-state to figure out they've got a place to stay there. But it's just the idea. How do you handle that type of thing when you have to pack up to interject out of the area, bring everything that you need, and people forget little things like important papers and things of that nature because they're just anxious to get out of the wake of the situation and they forget about the things that are important that they may need afterwards because they don't know what they're going to come back home to. Or if Well, one. that's it. Yeah, you just don't. And I guess some people decided not to evacuate and they're up on their rooftops, yeah. and they've been told nobody's coming. You're going to have to wait it out. It was your choice to stay and not evacuate. So, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. It's a tough call, I think, but they were very oh, accurate in their predictions this time. So it's uh, pray for everybody's safety and that they can get yeah, things sure. back to normal. Uh, but it's it's not going to be an easy road. So, my goodness, but here we are. We're safe and sound. Very grateful for that. Well, I'm in New it's, England. It's, nice thing about it's beautiful it, here. It's, oh, well, you're, we have rain here, but it's, for us in Arizona, a little bit of rain goes a long way to make us feel really good. But, yeah. So that part is This will be the, the last show that we will be doing during the retrograde. So next week will be retrograde will be behind us. Thank God. Yes. Anything yes. to do with our communication has certainly been kicking people where they sit. That's for sure. Now you said this is going to come to an end on October third, right? That's right. Uh huh. And of course we'll Very have a little good. bit of a shadow period afterwards, but 
nothing compared to what we've been going through. Yeah, Mom, I'm ready for this to come to an end. Quiet time. Yep. Yeah. I am too, honey. <laughs> yes, October 3rd, here we come. Oh, that, that sounds good. Now, <laughs> you know, we have had some some tremendous guests. All, we always have tremendous guests on this show. We've been here of since 2013, do. broadcasting every single week. And, I mean, it's it's been great. And we've got some terrific people coming up. And I just want to mention we have Dr. Richard Gallagher. Now, he was on a few years ago, and he is a Harvard-trained psychiatrist and an exorcist. And my God, did he have stories to tell? What's going to be interesting is he'll be back October 19th, and he will give us more stories. His book is coming out, and he's going to be on the show. So I'm I'm just so excited to have him back because being a Harvard-trained psychiatrist and dealing with the paranormal, it's like we remember we asked him, how do you tell the difference no. between somebody who's mentally ill and seeing things? And somebody who's possessed mm-hmm. and seeing things, and he has a great answer. And I know we're going to get into this discussion again. So one of our stellar guests, he'll be back on the 19th. We've got Maria Shaw coming back with her husband, Joe, at the beginning of October. That's next week already, right? My goodness. That's right. So, yeah. And yeah. We've, one thing to think about when we go into next week, we are going into a preview of the coming year. So I hope it's good. Pay attention, folks. <laughs> I hope it's a good preview, a good trailer well, to the movie. You know, it's going to make us stop and think a lot about a lot of things because it deals with spirituality, it deals with learning and teaching, but it also deals with taking a good look at the inner self, our spiritual side. It's going to be very interesting because it's a preview of the coming year. Yeah, well, I can't wait. I'll be taking notes, so. But I'm I'm so glad you brought that up, so I can pay attention. And oh my goodness, it's been a wild ride, but it's oh, been that it's is been okay. Answer. It's been okay. Yeah, but we've got a great guest tonight. Now, you and I have been talking about bringing a cryptid expert back on the show. We've had a number of people through the years, but we wanted to bring somebody new, somebody who's a researcher and an author, and Scott. Carpenter's name kept coming up as somebody who is a truly mm-hmm. authentic person. He has a lot of information to share about DNA, about his own experiences, about other people's experiences, about his support groups for people who have had these experiences. So he is just a wealth of information. And he came so highly recommended to us. We had to get him on the show. So he is here with us tonight. I can't wait. Here we go. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. He's got an impressive biography. Now, Scott actively researched the Bigfoot phenomenon and other cryptids from 2008 to 2015. And he began researching, now this is a funny one, after making whoop calls on a whim while fishing off the shore of a public recreational area. Now, to his shock and amazement, his half-hearted whoop call got a response in the form of a very agitated, unseen subject coming near the water's Mm -hmm. edge to investigate. Now, this encounter was a catalyst for Scott to go investigate the area and unwittingly started his research career. Now, Scott is the author of three active websites and six books on the subject, including 
The Bigfoot Field Journal, Volumes 1 and 2, The Dog Man, Monsters Are Real, The Nephilim Among Us, Truth Denied, The Sasquatch DNA Study, and his latest release, The Sasquatch Awareness Project. Now, when Scott was actively researching, he investigated areas that included the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and recreational land adjacent or near the park. Now, he's a member of North American Bigfoot Search, and he's participated in the groundbreaking Sasquatch Genome Study, contributing multiple hair and saliva samples, 11 of which were used in the study. Now, he's also, his research has been featured on the television show Finding Bigfoot, and more recently, he was featured on award-winning ser- on the award-winning series by Les Stroud, Survivor Man Bigfoot. Now, instead of talking about him, let's get him on the show. He's fascinating, and he's here with us tonight. Scott Carpenter, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. I'm trying to stuff my head back into the room now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you just des- you deserve my, all of this. My, my God, you you've worked that, hard. Yeah, my friend, my friend Dave Bloody, you know, kind of helped me with that. And you know, I, I you know, I did three lines to start with. This has been years ago, and he's like, no, you know, you got to you got to put more. You got to you got to. He said, you got to brag on yourself. And I said, that's one thing it's hard for me to do. But uh, I, I I got a. I finally, you know, finally got it all in the intro, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Oh, oh. you're so welcome, <laughs> Scott. It's, Definitely. You know, you're so heavily, yeah, you're heavily involved in a topic that is is very difficult for a lot of people to hear about, talk about, and yet you have come forward in a wonderful way. And we absolutely love the fact that you've come to this realization that other people need support and help if they've had experiences. And we're going to get into that, too. So if people have had these experiences and they want to join your group, they're going to learn how to do that. But let's start with you. How Now, we know about your whoop call, but what happened after yeah. that? Tell us how you got more involved with Bigfoot and other well, cryptids. Well, I just grabbed a, a camera, and and the next weekend, just went to the area and hiked around. I mean, I I hunted the area, but I never, right, you know, you know, during the summertime. This was early. This was during the spring, so you know. And so I just started, literally, you know, made my way to that area where where uh, whatever it was, you know, came down. I thought now no no or pretty believe pretty heavily it was a Sasquatch and you know you know I started picking up signs or when I started looking I started seeing these odd you know signs of from you know free breaks to large impressions to you know you could kind of see it looked like a road grader gone in there and I'm thinking you know nobody on the horseback is going to you know ride their horse into this this garbage you know it's right. full of briars it's so thick and uh and then uh I had like just in the first month, and I started doing this. I had I had an infrasound experience, and uh, uh, and I got a few frames. Like I had apparently walked in on a, uh, more than one. Uh, I was investigating. I saw something like in a cedar tree. Like I saw a black mass in this this, this cedar tree, 
And I went to investigate, and the phone, my cell phone rang, and then I had every intention of investigating, you know, actually going in there and poking at it or whatever, seeing what it was. And when the phone rang, uh, inexplicably, I mean, I had it on camera, but uh, I just, it was my son. I mumbled some things to him and said, I'll call you back. And I just, like, something, my, my memory or directed me away. I literally uh, turned and walked away. And there's about a 10-minute span where I don't really, the last thing I remember is the phone ringing. And the next thing I, rem- I consciously remember, I'm probably three or 400 yards away. I've gone back up to the main trail, and I- I'm walking in the opposite direction. And then I kind of, you know, kind of like I was dizzy, and I, it's like I came out of something. And, I, you know, of course, I thought, I'm like, that's strange, you know. And then um, when I got back home, I, I thought, well, let's rewind this because it was very start when I was walking around. And sure enough, there was 10 minutes. Stuff and then I noticed that inside in that cedar tree there was uh, you know a figure looking back that had two eyes and a nose. Uh, you know that freaked me out. So the next day I went back and there was all kinds of sign. I mean he had he had literally just got up in the tree and hugged it and broke out limbs up to about twelve foot tall and and left a couple footprints. So that that kind of you know that's got me started and and you know and uh, trying to figure out what was going on, you know. Now, yeah, I mean, already you've had this mysterious experience where you ended up walking away not having any real memory of it. And what caused that, do you think? Well, I think now it was infrasound, but at the time I didn't know what. You know, at the time I was totally ignorant. So, I mean, I was just, you know, I've learned learned about 95% of it on the job, just figuring it out and, and then, you know, some, some finally, you know, once I joined North American Bigfoot Search, I finally had some other researchers that, you know, I could bounce things off of. But Tom, I didn't know what had happened. You know, I just wrote it off to, you know, just something weird, you know, one of those weird weird things. And then, you know, later but, I learned, but, you know, learned about infrasound and what it can do to you. What is infrasound? Can you can you give us a definition of that? What is that? Yeah, it, it's it's ultra low frequency that's below our ability to hear, and uh, it uh, it has different effects on the human body. Many studies have been done. The military uses it for crowd control and as a weapon. It can be used for communications. You can actually uh, it, it's a really low vibration. You can literally vibrate someone's eardrum and speak to them or give them a message without speaking audibly because you can just vibrate the eardrum. Uh, whales use it. Uh, tigers use it to shock prey. At different frequencies, you can make different things happen to people. And uh, okay. there's, there's, been multiple, there's, there's been multiple studies in England uh, where they, you know, you can, anywhere from euphoria that, that can cause you to hallucinate, it can cause you to lose your memory. If the, if the resonant frequency is, 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 yeah, is a certain like ten, eleven hertz. It, it can damage your body. You know, it can oh. literally cause your uh, organs to vibrate and, and tear and explode. Yeah, so it's a, it, you know, it can be dang, it can be a dangerous weapon, but it can also be used, you know, to manipulate you, and it can cause the uh, fight or flight uh, response. And I've found it, you know, at the right frequencies, they they can block 
or or wipe temporarily wipe your memory or get you in a state where you're suggestive, you know, like, you know, almost like, like being hypnotized. And so it, it has all those. I mean, it, it's like the one-stop shop for, you know. Uh, yeah, a lot of things, it sounds like. Yeah, and so that, this yeah. Bigfoot, it sounds like, used infrasound to get you to get away from him. Yes, that's that's pretty much what I think, and they've used it many times on me. And so, and and they use it on other, you know, you know, they have many uses for it. Because if you could, you know, sound, and uh, I'm a big Tesla guy, so you know, and I think that sound and electricity and magnetism are all interchangeable, it's like water, you know, gas, right. solid, liquid. And so, you know, if you if you can if you can cause things to resonate. You can use sound, and you can cause the other things to happen. And so they can, in my, my opinion, they can use that to, to manipulate, you know, the ether and, and things around them. So you know, you know, everybody talks about the, their ability to cloak. You know, part of that may may rest in uh, their ability to, to use infrasound and actually control molecule water molecules or other things around them. And uh, cause a you know cause a, some sort of cloak, you know. So there's all kinds of, you know, that's a really powerful tool they have. And uh, but the interesting thing I found is not all, you know, I'm probably getting way ahead. But it goes back into the DNA study and how uh, their DNA and, and, and it's, I think it's genetic. And some some have, you know, have the ability, and some don't. Some have more of it than others, and so. You know, depending on which one you run into, you know, you could, you know, one one could be an expert at it, and one can, you know, only be able to do so much of it. So it's, you know, it always depends on the individual cause what you run into and yeah. what's going on. Now, is it your, is it your experience that there are many different tribes of Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, they're they they're just like human beings. They're a human hybrid. And they have genetic diversity, just like we do. They have, you know, different hair colors, different heights, different sizes. Uh, you know, they they have common traits, but uh, you know, you know, they have, you know, like hair color anywhere from uh, white to gray to red to black to white to blue. Uh, blue, you know, oh uh, my black. god! Yeah, oh, you know, I, I captured. You know, I've captured a video of the blue one thinking of oh, that's him. something and uh oh, and, my. Yeah. and his, his skin was like uh, a caucasian colored skin so uh but their skin color anywhere from jet black to leathery gray to, to caucasian to uh you know light brown tan you know it looks like tan leather so you know noses you know why they you know, like their noses. While most of the time they had the wide, flat nose, the majority of them. Some of them had, have you know, have slender noses. Some of them, you know, have most of them have a heavy brow and deep set eyes, but not all. And there's some hybridization mm. still going on with human beings. So sometimes you get some that look really, really human. It's just they're ten foot tall and covered in hair. And so. Uh, so they're just a there's a wide range of genetic diversity within the Sasquatch. And yeah, they had in my studies I found that they 
they have they they start off the base is a family group, male and female and, and children, and then that is tied to a clan, loosely tied to a clan, and then that is usually maybe a larger group, and that but they keep you know kind of in the military they kind of they don't they keep their uh, uh, their associations at the at a smaller level you know and. Uh, so it's a little bit easier to move around, stay hidden, and uh, not interact with human beings. But uh, you know they have, and they have social hierarchies, and uh, they have their own language and can mimic. And so it's a, you know, it would be if you could ever get them to talk to you, it would be a, a very interesting study in anthropology and 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 their on you know their culture, but they don't. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very complex world. I mean, yeah, you're describing so many different variations uh, within the Bigfoot community, and and the fact that they they basically break out into smaller groups, but there's there's a lot of variety here. So there's a lot to learn and and keep track of as to who these Bigfoot are. I mean, we've heard stories about Bigfoot who, in the past, uh, long ago, took women and children. From some of the tribes, we've heard possibilities that they have kidnapped children while uh, the children were uh, collecting blueberries, huckleberries. That's their thing, huckleberries. Mm So, I mean, that doesn't sound friendly, and it's certainly for the parents, it's a horrible thing. The family left behind not being able to find their children, if this is something that they've done. So there's, and then there's some that don't bother, uh, that don't probably don't want anything to do with us, and are very happy no, to no. keep their distance. But this again, yeah. there's so much to this whole field. Yeah. I found found in general they very much treat us like the American Indian did when uh, you know when we, this colonization started. There was like three, there's three different types of Indians. One type of or Native American, I was politically correct on that. There was one that uh, was friendly and helpful, and you know wanted you know did interact and saw value in that. There was another group that just wanted to be left alone. It was kind of neutral. It's like mm, you know, yeah, okay. And there's you know there's all these new people coming in, but we just soon leave them alone. You know, let's not interact. But we weren't violent or anything towards them. And then there was a third group that saw, you know, anyone other than them less than human, and you know, it was it was okay to kill them and do whatever you needed to, you know, within reason. And so, and, and they're very violent. So, and and I found the same to be true in in in, in the Sasquatch uh, community, whatever you want to call it, in their in their tribes. And and, mm-hmm. and while the the violent is is a less is not as Pronounced. There's a lot less of that than there was, of course, during the colonization of North America. It still exists, and uh, you, know, I, you know, I tell people they don't like hearing this, and I'm going to tell the good, the bad, and ugly because there, you know, there are those that choose to do good and help people, and there's others right. that, you know, it's just like any society. You have criminals, you have good people, and you know, you have the brilliant ones, and you have the dumb ones, and you know. And they're the same yeah. way, but but with a lot of them, you know, a lot of people don't like hearing this, but, you know, through my experience and the experience of others, uh, you know, killing you is on their menu. It's on the choices, 
you know, we, you know, when I, mm. when I'm having a conflict with somebody, you know, murdering them is not on my, you know, you know, I'd like to punch them, but you know, I'm saying, you know, if we're having a conflict, but you know, murder's not on the, not on the menu with a Sasquatch. Right. Trust, trust me, murder or killing you is on the menu. Now he may not do it, and it may be number option number one hundred, but it's on it's on it's on the list, and it that helps kind of sober people up to the reality that this is not a game, and these are not lovable caretakers of the forest. Now that's not to say that some aren't, but as, right. you know you can't right. you can't approach it with that. Uh, storybook that's my opinion i don't want to offend anybody but no you're not offending you, anybody i mean this is you can't this makes sense approach it that way definitely and, yeah. and, and, that, and that's part of that's part of you know what i preach now is you just have to be careful you know you can't you know it's in my opinion it's not a fun it's not a fun weekend family activity there's just so much that can go wrong <laughs> Uh, there's so many unintended consequences. There's, you know, they call it the hitchhiker effect now, and so you have other, you know, issues with that. If you all are in the paranormal, and you I say hitchhiker, you know what I'm talking about. If you do ghost hunting or, or paranormal, you know, you can get a, you can get something follow you home if you're not careful. And the Sasquatch is no different. And it's and I've had many a shocked people give me a phone call or send me an email when. Uh, you know, the giant hand print shows up on their daughter's window, you know, in the suburb. You know, right. That moment they're like, I didn't realize this could happen. <laughs> yeah, it can. Yeah. So. No, we're dealing uh, with a completely, di- I mean, a different species. They're, they have, I know, mm-hmm. human DNA also, but it's a different species. It's a different way not. of looking at the that's world. Cool. And they have, they have so yeah. many abilities that I I know yeah. you're very familiar with them, but a lot of people don't have a clue yeah. as to what the Bigfoot yeah. can do. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not and talking about physical strength, just that. There's so many other things. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, they used to, now they're getting away from, they used to call it the woo, and there was the woo people, which I was one of, and then there was the people that thought they were bipedal eight, you know, and but that line's now getting pretty blurred. I mean, most people, anyone who investigates, that does serious investigation or an earnest investigation of the Sasquatch subject or phenomenon, whatever you will call it, after about a year, you're going to start encountering the unintended consequences, the woo stuff, stuff that, you know, it's going to go supernatural, and it's going to go there fast, and it's going to get weird, and then it's going to get strange. <laughs> And it just, you know, the <laughs> rabbit hole is, 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 you know, you can go as deep as you want to. And, you know, things will start happening that you can't explain, that you know aren't coincidences. And, but, you know, the Sasquatch is real good about doing something that only you know. They, 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 they kind of build that rapport with you. And so they, they'll do something that you know that it's them, but everybody else will think you're a lunatic. And, and and then they'll communicate with you that way. You know they're crazy like a fox. They're very smart, very intelligent. And so that's and that and that's what they'll do. Or there'll be other. You know, uh, usually it starts with other cryptids show up, like the dogman. Like you know, first you're the you're researching Bigfoot, like I was. You have no interest in dogman. You don't want to see a dogman. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, a, you know a uh, eye contact, you know, encounter. 
and uh, and then you have one sneak up behind you, and you get it on film, and then you know you get several on film, but you know your intent wasn't to look for these things at all. So, and some people have you know you know even more harrowing experiences with them, and you know then that you know then that can graduate to orbs, and then that can graduate to poltergeist activity or ghost activity around your house, and then then they start visiting your house, and then you see UFOs, and then you know then you you haven't got dark shadow men in the corner you wake up one night after night terror. So, it, you know, everybody says, well, no, that can't happen. Yeah, it, it can and it does and it did. So, that, you know, that's did that the happen? Did any of research. that happen? Did any of that happen with you, Scott, as you began your journey? All of it. Every bit of oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Docu- and I wow. In my book. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Gosh, what do you think it is, then, that that opens... I mean, you're opening a doorway, apparently, when you meet a Sasquatch. uh, Yeah, and I'm going to come at this from a Christian worldview, because I'm a Christian, so that's my worldview. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, if you want to substitute ghost uh, for spirit or demon, if you want to substitute alien for fallen angel, you you know know what I'm saying, feel free to substitute. You know, I'm a live and let live guy. We're trying to get to the bottom of this. I don't care if it's an atheist. It gets to the bottom of it. You know what I'm saying? It's just we're all, yeah. we're all going towards the same goal. But it, it, to me, this is all spiritual. It's all spiritual. It's all related, whether it's UFO, Sasquatch, the orbs, the uh, spirits, the ghosts. All these things are related because if you do one, you're going to run into the others. And, you know, if, if they were... If they were independent of each other, then if you ghost hunted, you'd never find, see a Sasquatch. If you Sasquatch, you'd never see a ghost. If you dogman, you'd never see a Sasquatch or never see a ghost. But that, that's what inevitably happens. And, you know, we're, you know, we all start off, like I have some friends that, you know, and like some, one friend started off, you know, as a UFO investigator. And he's now experienced dogman, Sasquatch, and, and uh, you know, uh, other, uh, paranormal, other paranormal activity. Got a friend that, you know, was in the dogman, and they've experienced the others. And so it's all tied together, and you see spiritual principles being played out within, you know, we don't know the rules. Most of the rules we don't know, but what we can learn by trial and error, you know, if you earnestly seek them out, you give them permission to do the same. It doesn't matter if you are ignorant of it. it, it you know, the law is the law, and it's a spiritual law. And, you know, it, 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 it's a biblical principle with demons and spirits and because it, you're passively giving me permission. And so, and then you open that door because, you know, a Sasquatch, unfortunately, may have other paranormal activity attached to it because of, of its, what type of being it is. And so... You know, so it could bring along these other things, and then these other things, you know, or oh, there's an opportunity to do some crazy stuff around Scott's house. Let's go, you know, or there, you know, <laughs> and and so wow. and, but it, it, it's just, so it, it's all in my humble. It's all tied together, and you can't can't do if you do one, you're going to get into the other stuff. And like I said, the US, bless the UFO people's hearts with MUFON people, they just abhor that. They yeah, I just try. You know, they're they're as nuts as we are, right? Because they're studying UFOs back in the day. But 
you know, they were the highbrows, and they just used to, as soon as I knew a couple, it used to drive them absolutely crazy that I when know. they would get a, you know, they get a UFO report. And, well, I was, you know, abducted, and I, and I looked over, and, and flying the UFO was his Bigfoot. And <laughs> they're like, I don't want to hear that. No. But he was. Oh, yeah. and, 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 well, it's and, part and parcel of it. Yeah, and, or, you know, somebody said, well, this UFO landed and right there in our backyard, and these three Bigfoot run out the back, run into the woods. You know, so the poor UFO people are just pulling their hair out. And so, <laughs> you know, there'd be an abduction scenario going on. The person would be a Christian and call on Jesus, the name of the Lord, and say, you know, you know, Jesus, help me. And the beings look scared, and then this, they're gone. And of course, they're like, uh-huh. well, you know, you know, with an atheist background, well, that just can't happen. And well, it just did. They, have, you know, they have averted a, you know, they called on the name of Jesus, a spiritual concept, and avoided, you know, being abducted. So you, you see where this can get in. You know, see, it gets into the spiritual. It gets into the paranormal. very much so. Yes, it, it very makes, much so. A lot of people get very, people get very uncomfortable. They want to, you know, I recently did a video about. Everybody, you know, everybody wants to box things off. Well, there's ghosts over here, and they stay in their little box. And, uh, you know, I do dog man. He stays in his little box. And I'm like, no, there's one big box, and they're all dumped into it. And, and, yeah. And that, that's what you get into when you start studying it. That's why, you know, that's why I said paranormal or, or cryptid investigator, because yeah, I may have been investigating or researching Sasquatch, but everything else came along for the ride. So it was, you know, yeah. kind of hard not to. It's kind of hard not to, you know, capture right. on camera or whatever. You're going to capture them. You know, if you're, it's going to happen. So might as well just embrace yeah. it. Try to, you know, try to figure it out. Yeah, and and also stay alive. I mean, because again, as you mentioned, yeah. you know, murders on the table with Bigfoot. I would imagine the same is true of Dogman, yeah. and they have incredible physical strength. They're stealthy. They can come in and out of our reality at will. Uh, we are up against oh, yeah. it if they don't like us. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally, I personally think there, there's some sort of restrainer. And the Christians among them, they go, "Well, we know who that is," but there's something restraining them. Okay, that's the what it is. Those are, you know, the, you know, you, you have you have the reports when a Sasquatch gets spotted by a human being that they're hiding and peeking on. The Sasquatch is the ones that run off. You know, most of the time, not always, but usually the Sasquatch is the one that looks scared or surprised and is getting getting out of dodge in many, many mm-hmm. situations. Well, why is that? You know, why? Yeah, why? You know, they don't, you know, why, won't they, why, won't, why won't they openly communicate with us? What's Because you know some do. And, I, you know, when they communicated with me, it's almost like I was in a, it was a prison camp situation, and they had all communications had to be coded. And they didn't oh. communicate with me, but it was all coded. It was like a three, like the three-in-one pattern. That's they started doing that. Like I had a feeding station, and I had, you know, at first I thought they were done maybe, so I was doing wrongs and stuff, and you know I wasn't very smart, and you know, and I'm sure they were amused by me, but but so <laughs> like I would lay four or five rocks out on a an old piece of broken marble. And out at the feeding station, where I, the feeding station is the place where I hang food out for them and put the cameras up, you know, hoping to get their picture. 
But uh, and what they would do is they would, I mean, for weeks they would take three stones and push them together, scoop one off by itself, and then and then and get the rest of them off there. So there's always this three and one pattern, three and one, three and one. So you know, and other people have seen this, seen a similar pattern. But so, but I knew this three and one pattern. So fast forward, you know, eighteen months, and they're coming to the house now. Stealing dog food, slapping the side of the house, finding footprints in the backyard, finding handprints on the side of the house, et cetera, et cetera. And I put a whole bu- and I put a whole bunch of candy bars. They they wouldn't do, they will not do anything that overtly shows their presence. So like they'll open the dog food tub, eat some dog food, smooth it back out, and close the tub. But if you left the oh. handle out, or if I left the candy bar out, they wouldn't touch it. They just wouldn't do it. Really. Yeah, that would be for overt, you know, uh, action that I could tie to them. But, so I, I lay out, I don't know, half a dozen. It was right after uh, Halloween, so I had some candy running out my panty. And so I laid out, you know, a bunch of Snickers bars and whatever. And I don't know, about ten of them. And this is no joke. The next morning I went out, and there was three pushed together, one by itself, and the rest of them were thrown out in the yard. But if anybody else would have seen that, well, that's just a squirrel, you know. That's 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 the raccoon. Right. Right. But it's so interesting that they didn't eat them because I've heard maybe this isn't true, or maybe this isn't true about this particular Bigfoot group. But I've heard that they really like sweet stuff, pastries, things like that. They like it. Now, oh, they do. Uh, okay. At the feeding, at the uh, yeah, at the feeding station out in the woods, they would eat the candy bars. They wouldn't at my house. Okay. Okay. And, I and, and no, they would take the Snickers bars and they would just bite it. Like so, you have a whole Snicker bar. They wouldn't unwrap it. They bite it in the middle. Start okay. chewing for it. Heaven's sakes. And, and use them, and in their mouth, they would just pull the wrapper off and spit the wrapper on the ground. Okay. And then and push the then push the other side in their mouth and throw it down. That's how they ate candy bars. And they like M and M's. This group over here liked M and M's, so I would put in M and M's in a and <laughs> like you know one of those little plastic uh, sandwich things, not a bag, but it actually uh-huh. had pop on it. And uh, so it was yeah. a little bit tougher. And, and uh, they would take the top off, eat everything, put the top back on. But they do that a lot. Hmm. A lot of people did that with a lot of people do that with peanut butter. Uh, I never did do that peanut butter because uh, I did. I did. All the ants kept getting in it, and, and it was just a mess. But I've had friends and other researchers would literally take a peanut butter with the top on, get fed it to them, go back next week. The top's back on the peanut butter, but the peanut butter jar has been licked dry. I mean, they would tell you, cramming their tongue in there and lick it. And, and getting all the peanut butter out, and then, but then putting the lid back on tight. And that's how I got my saliva samples was off the, the wrappers. Oh, yeah, so okay. But then, but, uh, yeah, they were very smart. Like, they, they discovered, well, they didn't discover, they, so I put, like, so I, you know, I, I was, I was a drummer, just ignorant. So I would put the food out, and I'd take two, like, I'd take a couple, and back then trail cameras were, they're crap now. But they were really crap back then, and you know all I could afford was you know, you know was, they were awful. 
But <laughs> if I'd have got it, if one would have sat down and posed, it would have probably everybody been. It's a blub squash. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, right. So what they would do, they knew that the they knew that the sensor, you know, a, a passive infrared sensor is looking for a change in 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 the infrared signature. So it's looking for a change, not particularly something hot or something cold. So if something moves in front of it, there's a change, right? There's a change in the temperature or the signature. So what they would do is, I don't know what they'd do, they'd set a rock in front of it or stand in front of it. So what had happened is I'd, when they first would come up, they'd set it off, and you would see, you, know, you wouldn't see anything but the candy bars and everything would be there. It would be 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? And then yeah. the next one, you know, and then the next one, 30 seconds later, it was every 30 seconds, the next one would be a complete whiteout. In other words, they literally stood. They knew if they stood right in front of the camera, it's just going to be a whiteout. And then 10, 15 minutes would elapse, and when they'd move away from the camera, it would set it off again. So you'd have you'd have it just look like something swapping in front of the camera. And then, well, on behold, in that in, in that little video, all the candy would be gone. And they did that. Oh my! Right. Yeah, and so that's that's when I started getting the sneaky suspicion. I don't think these are dumb eggs. Yeah, not yeah. far from it. Um, no, they're no. pretty sneaky. I don't. Yeah, and that's so yeah, funny. And and they they can locate technology. They could locate those cameras. You can't hide them. You can't hide any electronics from them. I don't know where they use. I always I always thought that they could use the infrasound, just like a. a mm-hmm. Uh, like a, like a echolocator, they could make infrasound and it would cause the, the parts to vibrate and they could hear it. So they they could get the frequency. Uh, but oh, okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, I've uh, uh, Rich Camo, a friend of mine who uh, was a part of the Olympic project. You know, they made. I mean, they hid. They did. They had money and they put those reconics back then. They were like eight hundred to a thousand dollars a piece, and, and they hide those things in the Olympic Mountain area. And while they did get a few things, I mean, they would they would like make they would make fake rocks, they'd make fake stumps, you know, they'd make limb. I mean, they would hide these things and all kinds of stuff, and, and the Sasquatch would find them, do you know, mess with them, lick them, you know, stand to the side, and stick an eye, stick an eye in it. So it's you know, wow. You they they can see it. They can, number one, when the thing goes off, they can see the infrared. They can see it. They can yeah. see in the infrared spectrum. Right. So it looks like a uh, a spotlight going off in the woods when the infrared goes off. If you've ever, if you ever want to t- get a ooh moment, take a regular game camera and then get you a, another camera that has infrared. It can see in the infrared. You know, it's got an infrared camera. And I've right. done it before. And, and have the camera rolling and set off the, the camera. It for an infrared. That infrared is it's like a spotlight, bright light. It's unbelievable how bright and how you know you can see it. You know. It's like a you know you know a lighthouse bright. It's unbelievably bright. So no wonder they you know you know yeah they know where they uh, are. Not only the fact yeah that, yeah. So there's just no way you can there's no way you can put one up full. And let me say that. Well, now but when you've been out in in the in the mountains and have you ever come like truly face to face with a Sasquatch where it's like standing in front of you close to you? Uh, let's see. I had not close. I had one about 150 yards away on top of the ridge, 
and we, and, you know, it, it was it was trying, it was doing a, a sidestep, trying to. I, it wanted me to see it, but once I figured out what it was, now we were making, we were that far away. I mean, we were looking eye to eye, I guess. I mean, you know, we I was looking at him, he was looking at me. But uh, uh, and then when I threw the camera up, he went into the stunt squat position. Then there was a little one at the research area. There's a uh, there's a research area. I, I, I don't care if people go there. Just be careful. I've had people chased out of there before, but. There's, but it's, it's called uh, it's it's called Baker's Creek, and it's about 1,500 acre recreation area. And I had a that's where a lot of activity happened. And I had uh, there was a there was a Sasquatch designed to follow me. And so when I pull in the parking lot, it would usually give give me some sort of tail, snap a limb or something, and then it would it would stay. When it first started going, it was all it was very quiet. And it, and every now and then I thought I might be being followed. And then as, you know, a couple of years into it, you know, the Sasquatch was getting bored with this, and so it was its job to follow me and keep an eye on me. It didn't really care anymore. And it would literally just walk like you and I would walk through the woods, and so I would just hear it, and I'd be walking. I could hear it walking. I'd stop. It'd stop. And, and, and I come to find out it was like a teenager. It was, you know, not a very large one, but uh, one – I'd been, I don't know, I was probably early 2000s, and I'd, it was getting kind of burnt out, and so it, deer season, and I thought, you know, you just just go hunt. Just, just, it, and so I didn't even have, I had my camera in my pocket, I had my, I had a tree stand on my back, my bow. Got a, I got a little bit of a late start. The sun was, the sun had already come up, and I was walking out to my stand, and I started down a hill, you know, I was walking out an old uh, pipeline, and so the you know, it's got a road in the middle of it, and, and the grass had grown up probably five or six feet tall. And I was going down the hill, and I got, the, I mean, the creeps, you know, I got the, uh, you know, the gut feeling. The hair started raising on the back of my neck. I knew. I knew it was back there. I knew I was being watched. And so I turned around, and at first, I was looking back up the hill. I couldn't see anything. And then this black dome of a head just started rising up real slow out of the grass. Oh and it got goodness. up to where it it got up to where its nose, and you know, I could see right, like the top of the the top lip, the nose, its eyes, and and it was just staring. It was just looking at me. And I was looking at it, and I just got the impression it was a female. I could have been a, it could have been a male. I don't know. I just got the, and so I'm staring at it. It's staring at me. So we're we're just sitting there. We're, I, I've got and I have I've got camera in the pocket. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to experience this, and so I just keep. It looks at me, and I'm looking at it. So I, about a minute passes. I mean, these things can stand, you know, human, you know, you hear about people not moving a muscle. No, you don't understand. Right. These things don't move a muscle. Didn't blink. Did, I mean, nothing. I mean, I, I couldn't believe you, It's It's hard to believe how still they can stand and not blink if they don't want to. And Gosh. so no blinking, just staring at me. And then, and this has happened more than once, I started to say, I was going to say something like, well, hello. And I didn't get the words out. It was like it knew I was going to speak. And at the moment I started to say hello, it turned to the right. And so if the road's in the center, it's on the right side of the road. It turned, jumped the road, I'd say the road was 8 to 12 feet, with one, like two bounds, it jumped the road, I saw it full body, and then it took it one more bound into the woods. It was actually, it was actually a, 
horse trail and went up that trail. And I got to see it. It was, it was probably six and a half foot tall, 230, 40 pounds, kind of, kind of skinny. You know, it looked... It, Literally looked like the definition of a, a juvenile, what you call juvenile. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, jet black hair, jet black skin, and that's that's pretty much the one I. Yeah, the closest encounter out. you've it's, had. It's, now, yeah, that's the closest. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I've heard stories. Of, I used to study with a, a medicine woman, and she talked about going to a place where she knew the Bigfoot were, and, she, and some of her students wanted to go so she would take them and as soon as her students would see those big shapes coming they'd pass out mm-hmm. they couldn't take it you know there was something oh, that just goodness. triggered in their brains and they and and so you know she'd go back the next year and the same thing would happen and finally she said forget you people i am not doing this anymore if you can't yeah. stay you know conscious and they couldn't. Conscious, yeah. They could not for whatever reason. I don't know, but uh, maybe it well, just some, triggered some something. Just, yeah, cognitive dissonance. You know, you know, is a real thing. And some people, you know, it's, 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 there are some things that people just can't believe. It's just so complex with their worldview that they literally go into vapor lock in their brain. They have, they have you know, like a mini yeah. and, and they just refuse. Yeah, there's they just something about right, and with big. Big shapes like them. These, these things, a lot of them are huge yeah. and they're, they're dark, you know. So there's there's something about yeah. that, I think, that can set off a, an alarm in the unconscious for some people. But now where, okay, now you've been involved with the DNA study, which is fascinating. Where are these things from? I mean, you've got, tell us about the combination yeah. of DNA that you guys discovered. Okay. All right, well, look. And I'm no DNA expert, but I came I came on to write that crazy book. But and, and to understand what was going on, I, I didn't really want to be one. But so you've got you've got a couple things going on with DNA. You with the DNA, you have mitochondrial, and you have nuclear. The mitochondrial DNA comes from the female, the mother. It's the mother's lineage, and it's what's passed on. And the nuclear DNA comes from the father. So it's it's actually the maternal lineage, you know. You know that, that you know that really carries things. That that's probably why the Native Americans it all goes to the woman, because so she te- she she the woman is carrying the the base all the way through. In other words, that's where technically they say they could go all the way back to Eve, right? Because the maternal the, you know the mitochondrial is passed forward, and uh, the father is contributing the nuclear DNA, and the two are mixed in the nucleus of the cell, and voila, and so you. You get a you get a baby. So mm-hmm. when they did this when they did the study, they found what they started finding is and and they it kind of I wouldn't say by accident but they had to like do a double take because throughout the years if you've been involved or know anything about Bigfoot research like when they first started having DNA tests back in the eighties, you know someone would watch a Sasquatch jump a fence. And he'd hang his leg on the fence and there'd be some hair. And so they'd go get the hair mm-hmm. and they'd send it in. This Sasquatch hair. And the lab would run it and said, and they would all they with hair all you can get is, is the mitochondrial. So the mitochondrial come back, no, it's human, must be contaminated. We'll repeat that about three hundred times between nineteen eighty and about two thousand five. I mean literally. So okay. we got so it it became all Redundant, yeah. Uh, maybe they, uh, yeah. Maybe they got mitochondrial DNA, which, oh, they can't be because they're about people late. 
And and so that's where that went for years. Well, you know, we when the study started, you know, they had confirmed 100% of the Sasquatch. We had an eyewitness, watch it, leave the hair sample, collected by a police officer, handed, you know, uh, though you don't need all the chain of custody and all that, it had all the chain of custody, it had all the, you know, the gloves on and then the evidence bag where there's no contamination. And, if you, and when you really study it, that's bogus too because you can wash, you wash the hair samples and, and, and you remove any contamination. If you get contamination, you got a dirty lab and a poor lab. You need to go after the lab, not the person who gave the sample. But so they, they, so they were able to get this, and when they ran that hair, it came back human mitochondria, period, in the Senate. So that, they're like, oh, well, that's what we're going with, that's what it is. So they started, you know, so they, they got their hair samples and all that, and so consistently all the hair samples came back with the uh, a mitochondrial human. The mother's lineage is human. That's the baseline for the Sasquatch, the human female. Now, where the things got strange, weird, and, and off the charts is the nuclear side. So they had, they had like, they had three samples that had enough, uh, like one of them was flesh, one of them was uh, blood, and, uh, and one of them, I think two of them were blood, actually. Yeah, two blood, one flesh. So they had enough, you got to have a lot of nuclear DNA. So they had plenty of nuclear DNA to, to do the test, and they got a and they got a full genome, you know, three gigabytes worth of data. And so there's a, in the scientific world or in the DNA world, there's a, uh, they have, you can do a, there's a place called GenBank. And it's just a interactive online database. And scientists of all ilks, biologists, you know, when they have a species, human beings, I mean, like, you know, when, if you sign the paperwork, you can put your DNA in this database. So it's got mm-hmm. the DNA of all, I can't even remember how many trillions of species, okay? It's a lot. Uh, it's basically every living thing on the planet that, has, that could be, they could have a sequence for it in there. So what you do, let's say I'm a scientist and I'm running around the Amazon and I see a new frog and I think, well, that's, that's never been discovered before. i got a new species of frog. So you capture the said frog, you take a blood sample, you send it off, they come back with your DNA results, and you, you know, it, you know, DNA is is a computer code, and it's it's, it's four it's four bit computer code based on four bits, and so, you know, you can compare it. So there's a, a uh, basically there's a search engine called the Blast Search Engine B L A S T that resides on. So the scientist on his local computer can take the can take that data that they, that the uh, lab gave him. They give him a file. It's got the sequences, and he can compare it with his computer. He compares it to the uh, to the database, and then uh, GenBank database, and then it runs through there, and it says, "Ah, oh, we found a match. You didn't create a, find a new species. This is, you know, blocky, blocky." Or if it comes right. back and says, "No match, no match," then you who you write your scientific paper. You put your DNA and you put your blast results and you say, I have discovered a new trial. That's how it all works. Except the problem was when they did the blast on the Sasquatch DNA, it didn't match anything. Nada. And nothing. So that's, yeah, nothing. Still hadn't matched anything. But 
here's the interesting thing. The three DNA, nuclear DNA samples from three Sasquatch, from uh, one from Washington State, Link, Florida, and Texas. No, 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 Kentucky mm-hmm. and Texas. The nuclear DNA matched each other. But we have a oh, unique species. Okay. You have a unique species, but it's right. not Jim. And, and you know, the naysayers said, oh, that's impossible. You don't have hybridization. And then, like, two years later, Journal Nature came out with a host, a paper on hybridization with the Neanderthals, and they actually found a human being with unknown nuclear DNA in a cave in France. And so, you know, then the, the whole thing of the paper was hybridization. The only difference between that human being and what Melvin and the other scientists did is that that happened to have hair covered and wasn't eight foot, you know, eight foot tall. That was the only wow. difference. No. It's exact, but, it's, but it's almost the exact same so, study. So that, I, I'm well, trying so to the paternal side. Yeah, so the paternal mm-hmm. side is unknown. So That's they correct. don't. We don't know kind of what of this was bred with. This was uh, a, you know, female Earth human bred with that DNA mixed with no. something unknown. And somewhere around what? But ten thousand years. Do you it's, have a guess of? Well, right. my so guess you, is, or my my you want my theory? <laughs> yeah. My theory is, my theory is they're natural. They're natural with now, now I got to go in. Oh, okay, the so the Nephilim are related; they're involved in this. Okay, that makes sense. Because of the DNA, because of the DNA and the angelic-like abilities that the Sasquatch have, that's how I made the connection. And they're giants, and there were hairy giants known to be in the Promised Land. Blah 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 blah. blah. But, uh, you know, six fingers, six toes. There's a lot of things, but basically, and this is like a, you know, I got to go fast. So a Nephilim, basically, for the flood, fought the angels. The angels failed. They wanted to have children, which was forbidden. They did it anyway, and they they they, they left their uh, heavenly estate. You know, became less than angels in in certain ways, so they could copulate. They had children, and these offspring were the giants, the men of you know, mighty men of old. That was generation one, and then. You know, that generation started having others, you know, and hybrids, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, and then after the flood, you still had the Nephilim. They were in the promised land. And, uh, but they were, they were basically high, they were human hybrids. They had a human female and a fallen angel. And then, then you would have, and then those would interbreed. And the angels did all kinds of, uh, if you read Enoch, the fallen angels did all kinds of evil. They they directly bred with animals, which created these syngic hybrids, and then they they also took humans and and, and they taught human beings the blending of species. But you know where we're at now with the CRISPR technology, and most likely probably since right after World War II, we have been crossing humans with animals, just secretly. Yeah, that is really well, something. Yeah, well, the angels were teaching that before the flood. So everybody okay. was running around crossing whatever they wanted to cross. But you had a you had a nasty mess uh, in the DNA pool. It was just all correct. And that was the whole idea because, you know, from biblical speaking in the garden, Jesus announced or God announced to, to Satan, you know, you know, you know, after the fall, you know, you know, 
you will bruise his heel, and he will bruise your head. So God announced mm. there's a war starting. It's a seed war, genetic war. You're going to have offspring, and I'm going to have offspring. You know, the Savior you know, of the world is coming through my side, and he's going to terminate you, basically. And so yeah. Satan's stuck out of thing. Satan's thinking, okay, strategically, I've got to, you know, he's coming through the human line, God's created, God's creation. I've got to corrupt that. And so he went to work corrupted. And so, mm-hmm. and, you know, through the, the, and so that, so that is, and so what I think happened was when the children of Israel went into the, into the possessed the uh, Holy Land, and they started, you know, warring with his tribes, there were, there were Nephilim there, there were giants there, there were long necks, there were blind men, you know, things with lion heads, human bodies. But God, you know, gave them the supernatural ability to overcome. So if you're a 30-foot giant and a 5-foot-8 man that weighs 140 pounds kills, is killing your kin, you figure out real fast, uh, this is, the, you know, this is God, and we're not winning. And so they fight. Right. You know, that's where, that's where you get the, the giants. You know, they went to England. They went over to Tartaria. They went. They came across, you know, South America. The the redheaded giant came to North America. So you you know, you know, the Native Americans talk about you know the the redheaded giants with six fingers and six toes that could you know grab a buffalo up and snap a leg off and eat it. So, I my theory is that happened, and then about the time of Christ, you saw all these Nephilim strangely die off or disappear or go into hiding. And so it wasn't as mainstream as it used to be. And I, 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 my theory is the Sasquatch were probably some tribe or set of tribes of these Nephilim. And instead of, instead of you know, they saw all the, all the other tribes, you know, for some reason the Indians are killing them now, and that's weird, and oops, you know, a hole in the ground opened up over here and killed all those. And, you know, so they, you know, they kind of got the word that, you know, you know, you're going underground. And so they hit the woods. And, and you know, they, they they hit, they basically went, you know, into hiding. And it's obsessed, right. Uh, I can't say the word, no. you know. Just live, yeah, it's living for their food and and probably, you know, started generating hair because even a human being, if you, in certain circumstances, uh, uh, proteins will turn on and off and cause hair growth, et cetera. So, you know, if their DNA is strange and funky, there's no reason why they couldn't grow hair to better cope with uh, living in the wilderness. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the way the Bigfoot are arranged in their little families and communities, I mean, it doesn't seem like they necessarily take orders from anybody. They're very independent. It doesn't, I don't get the feeling that they have anybody to answer to. So uh, this is very different. Yeah, it's very different kind of energy. I think they do police each other, and there's they have their rules. And you know, but at the end of the day, you know, when one one goes rogue, there's nothing going to stop him unless the others decide mm-hmm. to take care of him. And and, it, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think that's just because of necessity. Like, look, we've got this one out here. He's killing a bunch of cows, and he raped a girl, and he's done all this, and you know, he's going to get us found out. You know, and then they're going to come in here and kill us all. And so, yep. you know, the, the group as a whole will go in and take that Sasquatch out. That mm-hmm. I think that's how it works. I think that's really how their justice system works. It's 
your behavior is endangering our community as a whole. And once these humans find out we exist, they're coming in here and they're coming to kill us, and they will. Because when, you know, when they come, well, in, when some... they come in mass. Yeah, there's no stopping them. And, and also, it's a strange community of Bigfoot hunters. I mean, you see people that call themselves hunters, and they, there are some people that claim to have shot and killed a Bigfoot. Now, what is your take on that? Is that just baloney, or what is that? Uh, no, I think some people have. I, some of them, you know, they're hard to shoot and kill, but they can be. They're not, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not impervious. And, and like I said, you've got different, um, genetically you have some more with more angelic, more to the supernatural side and those more, uh, I would say watered down genetic. Now, the more they've crossed with human beings over the, uh, you know, over the centuries, you know, it, it starts cutting them down. It starts, it starts removing those abilities. While they're still giant and still real strong, you know, they, they start losing a lot of these abilities. And uh, one of the abilities I, well, I know they have, I heard people report it, is, is they have a very rapid healing. I mean, like minutes. Uh, you know, they, uh, bullet wounds will heal within minutes. Uh, so, you know, but that's not all of them. Some of them have been shot, you know, you're, Usually multiple times with a large caliber, but they've been shot enough to, you know, they couldn't they, they killed them. And but I've not, mm-hmm. you know, how many? I mean, there's one. For, uh, I can think of about a handful. Now I do know, not chase too many rabbits. I do know that the federal government, the military, has units that hunt the rodents, and when they get when they get off the reservation. Uh, they go get them and kill them. And uh, it's just, that's the way it is. I, we've had two, we've had two different family members, one from North Carolina and one from Texas, have a deathbed confession situation about 10 years apart. Uh, the, the, the fathers were uh, Green Beret Special Forces in the units that, that operated inside the United States. And their jobs were, one of their jobs, not just, but one of their jobs they specialized in taking out rogue groups of Sasquatch, usually when they went cannibalistic. And they, they had the technology and the firepower to do it. So they had, one of them reported they were casualties. In other words, we didn't go in there and, you know, they didn't come out and escape. They killed people. They killed, well, they killed. Mm-hmm. And the scenario that was given to me by the North Carolina people was this. It's like, like in a little town in, in Maine, uh, you know, in this little village up there, people go missing start going missing. So the sh- local sheriff starts investigating. Local sheriff, you know, you know finds they're all go missing in this one section of woods. They start investigating the dogs, and they find a pile of bones. In other words, it's obvious that people have been killing and cannibalizing human beings. So, of course, the first thing they do, they call the FBI. The FBI comes in because they're like, we can't handle this. we got serial killer eating people. You know, we got Jeffy Dahmer up here. So you know, they come up the FBI look around, kind of figure out what's going on, and they know what's going on. So the protocol says they make another phone call to the to, to military to deploy, and then they come in. They come in with the you know the infrared, the flares, the helicopters, and you know they can't hide from that. You can't you can cloak, but they can't hide from their infrared signature. No one can. They don't uh-huh. even cloak hide that unless you've got some sort of insulation. So basically, they hunt them down and kill them all. 
and then they uh-huh. body bag them and take them out. And so that's, and I've had two people tell me that. So that, you know, how they deal, that's how the U.S. government deals with the ones that go rogue. Now, uh, real fast, I want to go back, backtrack. You know, you asked me about where they're from. Uh, right. From the, from the uh, mitochondrial DNA, uh, you know, people have haplogroups. You know, you, you know people have done their DNA test, you know, and, and gotten mm-hmm. their lineage back, you know. Well, they use the hap- your haplogroup to figure out what part of the world you're from. And right. so, so most of, this, this is interesting, most of the Sasquatch in the study that they could get, that they got the haplogroup from were places like Syria, Asia, uh, uh, Eastern Europe, Southwest Asia, uh, the uh, Iberian uh, Peninsula, the Arabian Peninsula, Cyprus, Egypt, Iraq, Iran, Israel, Jordan, Lebanon, Palestine, that- Syria, and Turkey. Sounds like the Middle East to me. Yes, it does. They only they only had they only had two that came from uh, North America, and both those haplogroups came out of uh, uh, Canada. The rest of them either came from Eastern Europe, Central Asia. For the Middle East. The Middle East, So that's yeah. where you saw Scotch female came from, which if you go with my theory, they got, they got run out and then, you know, to the local areas, and then, then they came over. Well, they, they, they've you already know, proven they were mining copper over here a thousand, you know, thousands of years ago, way before they wanted to admit there were people here. Right. There's, there's so yeah. much to take in. You're, you're again giving us oh, yeah. so much great information, Scott. This is this is amazing. But uh, there is a connection, and you mentioned the MUFON people don't like to hear about this, but there is a connection apparently between some Sasquatch and UFOs. What's your thought on that? Since I think it's all related, and I think fallen angels, the, the beings on those UFOs are either are actual fallen angels themselves or some sort of genetically engineered biological suit for the, the demons, you know, some sort of, you know, entity they created, it ties right in. Because if you got the Sasquatches, the Nephilim descendant that the fallen angels created, you got the UFO thing going on, you got a breeding program. You know, if, if, I'm sure you've had people on talk about the U.S. Uh, the alien breeding program trying to make hybrids. And they're trying oh, to make sure. hybrids look just like human. They're trying to make their hybrids look just like human beings. They're not trying to make something with a you know a lion head and a human body. They're trying to make a you know a substitute for a human. And so they've got the breeding program going on with both of those, both of those entities, the Sasquatch and 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 your typical gray or whatever the alien is, basically the same thing. They're they're a human hybrid. And they they're both, they they, have, they got up the pyramid. They both got fallen angel and demon, and satanic controller. That's that's the way I look at it. So that's where that's how they all relate. And that's why you can have a Sasquatch driving a UFO. Well, as you mentioned, them, people have seen off. UFOs land and then three Bigfoot get out. So they're definitely being transported at times by these ships. Yeah, you never. So, you remember, uh, I'm sure, have you ever had Linda Godfrey on your show? Sure you have. No. You know what I'm talking about, Linda Godfrey? Linda Godfrey yes. is the dog man lady, the Beast of Blood yes. Road. So, yes. so she wrote 
you know, she did – she had a – they did a par, uh, paranormal show, a special, where they had that family that got uh, – they got surrounded by a dog man and, and terrorized for a 24-hour period. And before the, the dog men showed up, the family reported uh, in Pennsylvania, I think, they were on, like they were in a rural area. They were sitting on the front porch. These strange UFO lights came across the, you know, went across the field out in front of their house, went off in the woods and sat down like something landed. And the husband got the feeling, he says, we need to go in the house now. And literally they got in the house and those things showed up. So there was the, you know, inference that these things were on something and got let out. So uh, I found that interesting. So, yeah, there's... yes. Yeah, you know, all, all this craziness ties to uh, you know ties to that, and so it's, now, it's, with, it's like I said, it's good. You encounter dogman as well, and it seems like that's a whole different thing from Bigfoot. So, what are some of the differences that you know about? The dogman is more canine. Now, Mel, Dr. Ketchum Melba, she was able to. She's got one genome. She got she got partial one from me and Mary Green gave her samples that were oh man and, and by the they they have mitochondrial DNA. The, 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 there there is on the nuclear side there's canine human I mean it's, it, it is definitely a a genetically engineered being of some sort. It, 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 it's been mm-hmm. it's been cooked. You know whether you know whether it was done you know, a few thousand years ago in their own species or even. Sooner. A lot of people think there's like what was created several thousand years ago and became racist and worked their way up. And then there's others that are a newer process that, you know, people are doing, whether it's fallen angels or whether it's governments or whatever. But yeah, I, they're, they're different. They're, you know, I made eye contact with one. It was totally different. I mean, I made eye contact with a Sasquatch. And for lack of a better word, there was an intelligence there. The eyes had a soul behind it. Okay, there there was a pungent being there. When I made mm-hmm. eye contact with with the dog man, there was nothing. It's like I was looking at a picture. Oh. I mean, I I got nothing from this thing. Nothing. Nothing. No. The only time I got scared, and I got scared was I don't know. I got time to tell of it. But long story short, day Plotty. Oh, things I do for days sometimes. So this was back when the <laughs> DNA study, we were full board Sasquatch DNA, and 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 it was it, you know it was taboo to talk about the dog name. Mm, you know that back then that was not popular, and the DNA study was already being attacked from all sides, and they thought Lord, right. and so you know I got a video of one which they said well that's great but it's a dog man we can't use it, because they'll think we're nuts. I said but I don't care. But 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 Dave's like, well, but it, you know, for future studies, it'd be great if you go out and see if you get some hair samples. So me, you know, <laughs> my head's hurt, I, think I can't breathe. I think it's a fine thing to go out there and, and, and hang bait for them and, and put up hair traps. <laughs> and I got what I, I I got what I wished for. And so I I put out some stuff. I put out some bacon and in a jar, and I put out uh, some hot dogs, you know, and, and and set my hair traps up to capture hair if they try to reach and get it. And so I'm walking out of the area, and it's during one of those years, 
the year was a cicada year, and it was so loud you couldn't hear yourself think. I mean, it was just mm. deafening. Yeah, yeah, that's constantly. And so, but as I was walking out, I saw movement to my right. Like just, I saw it, and I looked over, and I caught the last second of this thing, dog man, had leaped up and hung himself on the side of the tree. What I mean that is, like, this area had really thick undergrowth, and it was about to my chin. I'm 6'3", and it was all I could do to see. In fact, I could just barely see over it. So apparently this thing couldn't see over it either. And so he jumped up on the side of the tree, and I got the last thing. I saw his arms. I saw, his, saw him hang his claws in, and then he leaned back from out from the tree. So you can imagine you're, you're facing the tree. You put your, put your hands on the side of the tree and then lean back and put your head over your right shoulder. And so I could see him from about the waist up, and he was doing that. And so I'm like, you know, and I'm first I'm just trying to figure this out. Brain's trying to put two and two together. Yeah. And then I, when, I realize, when I realize what I'm looking at, I get my camera, and I've got footage of this. It's not great footage because I'm, I'm it's very, though it's not very far away, when you ever, you know, you use a camera, it makes it look like 600 miles away. It makes it look yeah, like exactly. you know, a dog head. It's awful how the cameras look. But anyway, so I'm trying to get a video of this, and it's hard. And I'm getting decent video. It's not perfect. It's decent. You know, it's a dog squad. It's a dog blob or whatever. But, you know, I'm getting, you know, and I'm, but uh, it's like, so it's just, it's not really, and they do this thing where they don't look at you, but they look in your direction. So they're looking at you with a peripheral vision. So, like, if, mm-hmm. you know, if you were in a 90-degree angle from me, I look at a 45. And so I can see you okay. out of the corner of my eye, but I'm not looking at you. They're they're very keen, the Sasquatch the same way, very keen on eye contact. I've seen Sasquatch close their eyes, not to make eye contact, because then you'll recognize you're being watched. So they're very, mm-hmm. very obvious of that. So this thing's like at a 45-degree angle. And as I'm zooming in and out, I, my, my, I start talking to myself, and I'm like, you idiot. Do you not realize what's on the side of that tree? And at that moment, I, I, that's when I got scared. I was just so full of adrenaline and everything, trying to get a picture of it, you know, a good video of it. And then it hit me what was going on. And so I had a sidearm, and I got the sidearm out. And it, I don't carry one in the chamber. I know everybody says, well, you might as well just use it as a club. But, but I did jack one in. It's a semi-automatic, so I popped one in. And when I did, it made, you know, if you've ever talked of uh, any, any kind of automatic weapon, semi-automatic, you know, you put, pull pull back and you let go. Yeah. You know, loud Makes clang. a nice noise. Well, when that, mm-hmm. when I clang, when I, that clang went, he went from 45-degree angle to not at me. And his ears, which were, <laughs> were static, they weren't moving. They, they, just like a dog, his ears, his ears turned, and he looked right at me. And I'm like, oh, crap. But, but I'm <laughs> And uh, so I'm standing there, and he, he's staring. right, And that's where I was saying those eyes. I mean, I was looking. I mean, we were looking at each other in the eye. And, but I wasn't getting anything from him. I wasn't getting hate. I wasn't getting love. I wasn't getting anything. And that was creeping me out. I mean, you yeah. know, almost like looking at a robot, like, you know, Terminator. You know, you're looking at something that's not really technically alive, but it's, it's doing stuff. And, you, and, and so that's what was scary is the fact that you just didn't have nothing. There was nothing there. 
So I'm like yeah, looking at empty. it and it's looking at me. And I'm just realized I've you know, I've screwed the pooch here. And I'm Gosh. trying to figure out, you know, I, I literally start running a scenario through my head. So if it jumps off that tree and runs at me, I just need to pull the gun and just squeeze in a mask and empty it. You know, if it goes on all fours on the ground, I need to go to one knee and shoot straight at it. Because you know, if you're standing up and you're shooting at something on the ground, you'll shoot behind it. So if you ever got anybody that ever hunts or has a bear charge or a wild animal charge, you go down on one knee, and then you're shooting straight at it, and you can aim it at the head and... And you've got a better, lot better chance of hitting it. So I'm thinking, I'm literally running, these are in my mind. I'm running these in my head. And, and but, but then there's, you know, a, a minute, well, I don't know how long passed. It seemed like six years. Probably, probably 45 <laughs> seconds to a minute passes. And it doesn't, it doesn't come off the tree. You know, I, I'm ready. I'm thinking this is getting, this is happening. You know, this is going down. They're going to find Scott or not find Scott forever. And, uh, oh, so, and so I kind of have to, I literally have to talk to myself and tell myself, see, move, move. He's not coming, he's not, he's not going to move. And so I backed out. I, I started back, towards it, it almost fell a couple of times because it's just, it's falling trees and everything. And it was like, as I was walking, moving out, he said, but he was, you know, I had his full attention. He's just watching me. So I look back up, he's, he's watching. And then I finally got, you know, far enough away because you don't run. That's the worst thing you can do. So I yeah. finally got where I couldn't see him anymore, and I turned and started walking fast. And, and the scary thing was my wife had, at the time, had dropped me off to do, do all this stuff and then was going to come back in a couple hours and pick me up. And we, there was a nearby campground, and she'd gone there to, to chill out with some friends. And then she was going to pick me up, and we were going to go back and spend the night. And we couldn't get cell phone service. I could not get her on the phone. I actually oh, called David oh, Flatty. I called, I called David Flatty's on the phone, and he's like, what in the world's wrong with you? I said, if you don't hear me call, if I don't call you back in 30 minutes, I'm dead. And here's where I'm at, and you need to call the police. Oh, my God. And I said, here, and I told him, here's what, and I, I, real quickly, I said, I've seen a dog man, and the son of a gun is after him. And I said, it's all your fault. <laughs> That's really and his said, idea, right? Get me those samples, yeah. Scott. Yeah, he's Think in about Colorado. And the thing about it is, he's in Colorado. There's nothing he can do. But I said, well, someone's no. going to know what happened to me, and you're going to be in. <laughs> and so, uh, That's funny. and so I, and it gave it gave me the royal escort all the way out. Basically, it followed me, and it loudly followed me. And never never did see it again, but it quartered me. And I literally Oof. walked out. There was like, there was like a um, access road to the area, and it's paved. And so I'm walking on this access road, pistol in hand, still in my hand, locked and loaded. And I, because I told myself, you know, I don't know where, you know, my wife is, but some, you know, I can't get a hold of her. I've, I've got to get to, you know, people. I got to get out of here. And so she saw where I called her a bunch of times. So she just come on. And so I see the, her, we had a Jeep at the time. The Jeep's coming down the road. I'm walking up the road. I've got to the main road yet. And thank God nobody passed me. But I've got the gun in hand, and you can tell by the, the, what I look like that something was wrong. And I, I threw my camera in the, and backpack in the back, got in, got in the passenger seat, and I said, "Just go, go." And she, she just, she knew back. She knew something was bad wrong. And so we got yeah. up the road. We, we got about three or four miles away, and we pulled in. She pulled into a little gas station, and I'm sitting there, and I've got like a flat knuckle grip on that gun. And she's like, I think 
is that gun loaded? And I said, yeah. He said, you think uh, we can unload it now that we're at the film station? And I said, <laughs> I looked around before I asked that question. I said, yeah, I think we're all right. So that's, Gosh. That's, that's my dog. That's the dog. <laughs> Wow, and I, and that's the quite a story. Footage I, yeah, and the best dog fan footage I got, I didn't even know the crazy thing was behind me. It came up behind me, and I've got like 15 or 20 seconds of a very close video where it literally had its head behind me, watching me, and then I turned my shoulders and it got down. And, uh, it, it's, uh, and it had this little gray entity on its shoulder talking to it in its ear. It's the craziest thing. And so, but but I didn't see that one. You know, I just got it on video. Oh, my that's goodness. The only, that's the only dog man I've ever seen. I've, I've got some more. On, there's a whole bunch of them that live down there, unfortunately. And now, are, do you have these on your website? Yeah. That, that, that oh, website, the dog, or, you know, that blog site, website, Dog Man are Real? Yeah, that's where it is. Okay, everybody, that's where you need to go to see these. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and then I've got it. If you go to my YouTube, if you go to my YouTube channel and scroll it, I've got three hundred videos or more. Went all the way back. I didn't scrub anything, so you can go all the way back and see me in whatever forty-five years old. That's great. You know, and green green when you were young. (laughs) Yeah. Scott, we're running out of time, unfortunately. I feel like I this 90 minutes went in like just two seconds. You're such a great guest. I'm yeah. so glad you're here with us and oh, sharing you. all these adventures. And Now, quickly, though, I know you have a support group for people who have had experiences. Yeah. They need some support. And obviously, you are a great, a great pillar of strength for people that have had this happen. Uh, where do they go to join your group or to be able to get this kind of support? Well, it's called. I called it the Sasquatch Awareness Project. I have a, uh, a Facebook group. If you search for uh, Sasquatch Awareness Project, and and really, I, I, you know, I, it's not a formal group, so to speak. It's just uh, I I offer people help. I'm not, not a professional. I'm not a you know, mental health professional or anything like that. But I just try to answer people's questions. I try to give them facts about the Sasquatch and the other stuff that's out there. Most of you know, I try to help people with the PTSD. Uh, you know, it's kind of like this. Once we stop, once the DNA stage is done, when we stop doing the research, the, that's when the email started coming. People, you know, people would have an experience and they were trying to figure it out and they they Google Bigfoot, they'd see my name and, you know, on my website I had, you know, my email, my Gmail address and they'd email, uh, and they email and say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I've had this experience and I don't know what to do and yada, yada. And that's kind of how it started. And then when Steve Bistall and me became friends and he started his thing. But before COVID, we were actually going to work together because he's, he was ready, and he saw a need for it, and Dave Plotty saw a need. And, you know, we were trying to coalesce something, and then COVID, you know, blew everything up. So it's kind of like we all yeah. had to do our own thing. So, I, mm-hmm. so I'd already created the website with his, you know, blessing and, and started doing my thing. And then he started, and he finally ended up doing what he's doing now, which is reading all these encounters. 
and Dave's doing what he does, you know, with uh, missing 411 and, and all that. So it's kind of like while we're not working together, it's not a partnership or any of that, it's just, a, you know, I'm friends with him, he's friends with me. We all are working towards the same goal, just just in our in our areas of expertise. And that's, in that, you know, in my area of expertise, it's just, I, you know, I, I wrote this book, tried to write a short book, you know, not, not a, I didn't want it to be a heavy read, so I kept it about 145 pages. But I wanted to get concise, easy to digest information about what the Sasquatch is and then about situations and what you can do from a practical standpoint and a spiritual. So if you're someone that's not so much into spiritual, you know, I give you, you know, I give you the practical, but if you're someone who's spiritually inclined, then, you know, I give you the uh, spiritual solutions as well. And, and you know, not that it's 100%, but, it, you know, it gives it gives people, you know, the things that I've done and, and I've helped other people with. And, and I've, you know, solicited people, you know, if you've done something, you know, if you've got Sasquatch uh, coming on your property and they're coming up to your house and, uh, you know, and you, you've been able to keep them back from your house, you know, whatever you've done. And actually, one, yeah. one of a reader actually sent one in that said, look, man, holiday lights. He said, they won't come across them. He said he was having trouble with them, you know, coming, you know, he lived in a very rural area on a farm, and, and they would yeah. come and look in the windows and scare the children. And oh, so boy. He, well, Scott, unfortunately, he, we have only a few seconds left. So, sure. yeah, so That's we're going to have to have you back. But there we go, everybody. That's where you need to go for support. And Scott has some fabulous books out there. Make sure you get them and read them. And, again, Scott, thank you so much. This has been a great evening You're with very you. You're welcome. I've enjoyed it. Very enlightening. Well, please. Yeah, really excellent. Thank you. Okay, everybody, we will be back next week with another great show. And until then, see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.